time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Bauckham. This is the Thrivology Podcast, and we're trying to thrive in some interesting times, aren't we? I mean, it seems like every day there's something else. It seems like it's a block in the way of how we want to live, of of getting back to normal. We're probably tired of hearing that phrase, the new normal. But what's interesting to me is in spite of all of that, there is something within us that doesn't change. I was talking with somebody the other day, and he was showing me uh, all these numbers across a page. And he said, can you see anything about this? Can Can you see what this means? And I looked at it. I said, I I really can't. And he started trying to point out the meaning that was in the midst of all of these numbers. It's the same thing we do on a regular basis. We, We go around and look for patterns. And those patterns are where we place our meaning. So, you know, if you start looking for things as they line up, you're like, okay, you know, you might have heard different phrases of people saying, oh, things happen in threes or things like that. Well, really, it's how we selectively look at things and place meaning on them. Events have meaning to them. We are, as humans, meaning makers. That's what we do. But the meaning is kind of the background to something that's bigger about us because we are also built for purpose. And today I want to kind of tease out a little bit about the difference between those two things and why it's so important to understand both of those because they are linked together in how you move into your own purpose in the world. What we have done as humans is unique among creatures, Uh, Maybe sometimes there are some animals that migrate a little bit. You know, they get used to a new environment and they adapt to that new environment. But humans do something else. We purposely go to different places. I think animals kind of end up in those places. Maybe they went a little too far. Maybe they got stuck on uh, something that was floating away and it took them to another island. Maybe they just had to land somewhere new. And so they had to adapt to where they found themselves. But humans for as long as we've been around, have been doing some things like exploring the world around us, pushing further, adapting to that environment, and more than that, adapting the environment to us by building things. I mean, we've gotten to the point where you and I can probably go through most of the day with a very small variance in the temperature around us. If you look in the wild... The animals have to make it through very cold nights and maybe very warm days or very hot nights and very very cool days. I mean, there's just such a variance in the temperature that they are exposed to. Now, there are some downsides to that, and I've talked about that in some health podcasts about the fact that when we keep such a narrow band, we're teaching our body to not adapt to those changes. But let's get back to this point, which is that we humans adapt and adapt the world to us. We are exploring and expanding creatures, unlike others. I mean, there aren't many animals that look at an ocean and go, you know, I think I can figure out some way to build something and cross that. Or look up at a huge mountain and go, you know, I think there's a way I can get to the top of that. Sure, there are animals that populate those areas, but they don't choose to go the opposite direction. Here we are looking at, you know, the Himalayas and people climbing Mount Everest, having to take lots of equipment that they've created for that very factor. 
not that they are mountain goats that already have the clothing for it, but that they actually have to figure out how to make their way up. So that's what we do in life. That's how we create the world around us. Now let's step back a little bit and talk about how that seems to get into a pattern for us. I think that there are really kind of three steps on the way to thriving. The first is surviving. I mean, we got to do that, right? In, In order to go anywhere, you have to survive. And your body and your brain and your mind are all built for surviving. And I've talked about those of we've talked about how we have fears that are there to keep us alive. Maslow created this hierarchy of needs, which we have in many ways uh, made appropriated to what we want it to mean. But what Maslow said is that there are different levels that we have to meet on our way to being our best self, our self-actualized self. Now, what he didn't say that we often say is that you have to have all of the lower pieces before you can get to the higher pieces. He didn't have it as a step-by-step, rung-by-rung He was just pointing out that we all have to have some basic places met. We don't necessarily have to have the higher. So at a basic level, we need safety. We need shelter. We need food. We need some way of protecting ourselves. At the next level up, we want to be in connection. We need relationships. We need to have some level of relationships in our life. And then the top level is how we self-actualize. And that self-actualizing is what we need in ourselves to to get to our best self. And that self-actualization is pretty much what we've been talking about in this thriving podcast all along. How do you move into greater levels of actualized existence? So if you think about those layers, it's basically survive. You got to gather enough. And so that often takes a lot of, of energy and effort. Then you arrive which is where you can kind of take a breather. And then if you go the extra step and stretch, you can thrive. So survive, arrive, and thrive are the two kind of layers that we get at. And and what I've noticed is that many people who are at the arrive stage think that they are thriving. More than that, many people at the, the arrive stage think they're still surviving, I mean, here we are, most of us not having to deal with extreme hunger, with extreme dangers around us, with extreme predators around us, and yet we often still feel like we're fighting to survive. In fact, I think that's often where we find ourselves in trouble because we act on the survival mechanism, not realizing that we're beyond that. We're at arrive. So surviving is making sure you get what you need. Arriving is when you have what you need. It may not be everything you want, and that's the problem. Many times we feel like we're not surviving unless we have the things we want versus what we need. But then there is thriving, which is not about having more. It's actually about how you are being on your sense of purpose. You're finding your way in the world, which brings us to where that concept comes from. Freud is considered to be kind of the father of modern psychology. Uh, Sigmund Freud created his theory based on the drives of sex and death. I mean, that was what he said that we are about. We're trying to find our way to sex or we are trying to deal with our fears about death. And that was where he based all of his theory. All the drives around us push us in that direction. Some of his students didn't quite agree with him. They started there, but they said there's more. 
Alfred Adler said it really was about finding our own sense of power. And so when we are dealing with our sense of inferiority, the way we deal with that is finding power. We only have to look just towards politics to see where that might fit in, but there's something still missing there. And that was where another one of his students broke away, Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. And I want to go back and say that I'm not sure that Viktor Frankl was entirely just talking about meaning as I would talk about it. And so we're going to move through that a little bit, but just understand that the meaning is baked into us, according to Viktor Frankl. Frankl was a survivor of the Holocaust, and uh, he actually had already theorized that what drives us as humans is the need to find meaning in our life. And he didn't say it, but described finding purpose in our life. So then he did what many others don't do with their own theories. He had to test it. And he didn't test it by choice. He tested it by force when he was taken to a concentration camp and he had to survive a concentration camp and he lost his family in other camps. And in that camp, what he realized is that the people who kept moving on, he said, had made a sense of meaning in their life to that. There's meaning in the suffering. There's meaning in events. But he also described that finding meaning as the meaning of sharing a scrap of bread with somebody who was starving, somebody who was worse off. To me, that makes a switch from meaning to purpose. So let me tell you what I mean by meaning and what I mean by purpose. Meaning is how we make sense of the world. What does that mean to me? How do I make sense of the world around me? How do I make sense of events that happen to me? How do I make sense of events that are just around? How do I make sense, for instance, of numbers and, and events and people coming into my life or people leaving my life? Or how do I make sense of changes around us? Our ancestors made sense. The meaning of watching the stars go across the skies or the meaning of the seasons as they change, they all were imbued with meaning for them. It made sense of the world. We do that every day. You know, we read the news and we make theories about why that happened. That's us trying to find meaning in it. We do that today in very divisive ways in politics, even though what we all really want is very similar in the, the total outcome. It's just the path to get there varies, and our belief in why that path is right varies. And so we get caught up in how we make sense of the world, not looking and what's underneath that. So meaning is about how we make sense of the world. But purpose is making sense of you in the world. What are you doing here? What is your purpose? Now, it's possible that you can't find meaning. And it's also possible that you can't find purpose. But I believe it's baked into us. And I believe that when we can't find meaning we tend to find ourselves in a hopeless situation. We find, tend to find ourselves falling into despair and depression. When we can't find purpose, we often fall into boredom and frustration, and we often find places that substitute for that. The hedonistic approach of do everything that feels good, I think, is a cover-up of instead of doing everything that's important or everything that makes sense or everything that helps the world, instead... We're working on feeling good rather than doing good. And because of that, we often find ourselves lost. So part of thriving 
is reestablishing meaning, finding a meaning in life, finding our purpose in life, finding a way to move through this life so that your purpose has a place around you. Your, the way you make meaning in the world has a place around you. Now understand, your place of meaning and purpose might change over time. It doesn't mean you're always going to find the same meaning in the same things or that your purpose might change over time. Your purpose as an adult is different than your purpose as a child. Your purpose as a parent is different than your purpose as a single person. Or your purpose as a spouse is different than your purpose as a single person. And so your purpose can change, but I believe that in many ways you have a purpose imprint. And that imprint comes to you because of the events that have happened in the past. The way you've made sense of the world begins to create the place where you can uh, begin to look for that uh, meaning in life. What's happened to you? What, what are the events that have come to you? What are the ways that you've come into the world? They change how you understand your place in the world and what you need to do. As I've talked to people in their different professions in life, many times some event in childhood is what spurred them to that place. I've talked with many doctors who had illnesses themselves or family members with illnesses where that was the catalyst for them to see their purpose as fighting that or helping people who were in a similar situation. When we make meaning, it's partly also because of the events, where we come from in life, our family background, and and all of those create and form how we understand the world. So your purpose imprint, your meaning imprint is yours. It's like a thumbprint, a fingerprint. It's going to be unique to you. And our task in our life, unlike a fingerprint where you can just roll it across something and see it, our task in life is to uncover and discover where the meaning is and what our gifts do to allow us to bring that into the world. Your purpose imprint is already there. You probably talk about it on a regular basis. When you talk with people about the world around you and how you make sense of the world, you're talking about how you make meaning in the world. When you do things that move the world to the place you want it to be, or you hopefully move the world to a place where you more want it to be, that is your purpose. You see, your purpose is never just a static position. Purpose is never just about sitting back and and waiting for things to kind of fall apart. It's stepping up and saying, how do I move the world forward in a way that matches where I make sense of the world, how I can make the world a better place? The central question, how do I leave the world better than I found it? That is the question of purpose, which leads us to what do you do about that? I believe that's your purpose plan. And there are two different levels to your purpose plan. One is kind of your genius. Gay Hendricks talks about that each of us have our zone of genius. Now, this is not our zone of excellence, the things that we really do well in life. It's beyond that. Our zone of genius is where what we do well brings us the most sense of meaning. Where we, what we do well is where we most love to be involved in the world. It's beyond just doing what we do well. It's doing what we do well that nurtures our soul, that brings us the greatest sense of purpose in life. 
And so part of our task of discovering our purpose plan is to find our zone of genius, to find that thing where it's not just what we do well, but we do well with love, what we do well with deep involvement and deep connection with the world. The other piece of that action, that plan, is courage. And here's why. Courage is not a lack of fear. It's acting in spite of fear. As I've talked about in another podcast, if you don't have fear, you can't have courage. The equation for courage is simply fear plus action. When you do action that pushes against the fear, you're doing courageous work. And this is why it's so important in your purpose plan. If it's deeply meaningful, it's going to feel big enough to be scary. If what you're thinking about of how you can move into the world doesn't scare you a little bit, it's probably not your deepest purpose. It may get close, but it's not your deepest level of purpose because when we step into our courage, we're facing the fear, but we're realizing that it's an important enough thing to face to move through it. So what do we do with all of this? How do we move through? First, we recognize that we all have a need to survive. We've got to do that. But beyond our need to survive, we also have to find our need to thrive. Because when all we do is look at our survival and look at our arrival, then all we're doing is waiting and getting stuck. Because at this point, we're really beyond that. And when we find that, when we're stuck in those areas and we don't focus on our purpose, we often get bored. We often feel hopeless. So we have to make a switch to that thrive place. So what does that mean? Well, there's an easy way to diagnose whether you're moving forward with your plan of purpose. Are you stuck? Because one of the things I've realized over time is when people are stuck, it's usually because they've lost sight of their purpose. Purpose always has another action, another step to take, another place to move. So if you're stuck, you're probably missing your purpose at this point. Because the thing is, we all have this built-in need to stretch, this built-in need to find a deeper place in the world, a deeper meaning in the world, to stretch ourselves into something new. We are created as growing creatures. That's how we're designed. And when we find ourselves not growing, when we grow stagnant instead of stretching, we find ourselves in stuck places. So the question is, are you stretching or are you stuck? If you're not stretching, you're not going to step into your place of purpose. If you're stuck, you've missed that. So let me suggest a few things to do to start moving the process forward to finding your place of purpose, to, to renew your place of being built for that. Number one, look at what has brought you meaning in the past. While it is true that your particular purpose may change over time, things that have felt meaningful and purposeful in the past give you hints and help on where you might move forward again. So look in the past and ask yourself, what brought me meaning and a sense of purpose before? What nurtured that in the past? Number two, ask the question, what is your genius zone? What is it that you do 
not just with excellence, but with passion, that you do uniquely your way in a way that brings something new to the world that nobody else can do. That's your genius zone. Number three, how can you do more? How can you ask the question, what more is there? More, because many times what we're asking is, how can I do less, right? How can I stay where I am? Where, I, where can I be safe in this? The purpose question is always about more. What more could I be doing? What more can I step into? And number four, what's your first step? Many times when I'm talking with people about this, when I'm coaching with people and working with people, what I realize is they know there's something there. They know that first little bit, but the fear keeps them from taking that first step. So what's the first step? And when will you start? If this has been helpful, you might enjoy my book, Thrive Principles. It outlines part of this question about meaning and purpose, but also gives you the other strategies. There are 15 total strategies for how to build your thriving life. You can start there by going to thethriveprinciples.com, thethriveprinciples.com, or you can check out all my books at thriveology.com slash books. That's thriveology.com slash books. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you build your thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.